Thank you so much uh, for joining us. Today we're gathering together. We are going to be finishing our sermon series called The Mosaic of Christmas. And what we have seen is we've seen the Christmas story, the birth of Jesus, um, from the four different gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And what we see in, in these beautiful pictures, we see a little bit of peace here and there, and they come together to form this beautiful picture, much like a uh, mosaic. And so we've getting to see this, this beautiful three-dimensional picture of Jesus and, and all of his beautiful facets that come together to show us everything that happened. Uh, when Jesus came into human history. And today we're going to be, uh, like I said, we're going to be finishing it up. And, and so we've seen like the first part, just a quick review of, of what we've seen so far up to this point. Um, Matthew, uh, in Matthew's gospel, we see that, that Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promises, that, that God is a promise keeper, and, and that Jesus is the fulfillment of promises that have been made. Uh, in Mark, we see that Jesus is an authority, that he is, he is, a, uh, he is the God-man, he's He's a God-man of action and that, that he's worth following, that, that he has these beautiful qualities to him that, that he is able and, and should be uh, followed because he has that much authority in it. Um, we see that in the book of Luke that Jesus is the people's king. That Jesus comes to us when we're broken, forgotten, outcast, uh, isolated, lonely, disenfranchised, right? Jesus is, is the one who meets us in our place of need. And so we get to see these, these, these things unfold. And this week, we're going to be seeing the Christmas story from the book of John the book of John. And so I want to give you a little, a little bit of history, a little bit of overview of the book of John. Uh, John was written by the apostle John. He's one of the 12 disciples. In fact, Jesus had 12 disciples, but out of those 12, there was an inner circle of three that he gave even more time and they were even closer to him yet. And John is one of the three of the inner circle. Uh, John would be the, the disciple that lived the longest. Um, everyone else would have died a martyr's death John died uh, years after that. Uh, the book of John uh, is written the latest. It would be sometime after AD 70, um, in the year AD 70. So that's what we're going to see. And we're going to see how in the book of John... Um, that he is writing both to Jews and non-Jews, Gentiles, that, that by this time, things were starting to form. And there was this influx of people who, this beautiful picture of people of different ethnic and, uh, and uh, uh, race backgrounds uh, coming together to be the church. And so John was there showing us uh, how, how, to, how to move forward if you came from a Jewish background or a non-Jewish background. Also, uh, the book of John is both deep and wide. So it's built deep and wide. It is wide and that is evangelistic. It shows us um, all the things that, that Jesus did and the proof of miracles. We get to see this evangelistic tone into it, but also this depth of, of what does it mean now to walk with Jesus empowered by the Holy Spirit in this life? How do we grow in Christ? And so we get to see that John is built deep and wide. Um, it is also the most artistic uh, John was very artistic. He, he was a very, very skilled writer. Um, and it's really this amazing piece, uh, this book in the Bible, as we get to see. Uh, and, and how we're going to see today is, is really from a, a theological uh, implication perspective. And what we're going to see today, here's the big idea, that the birth of Jesus is beautiful. That's, that's what it is. The birth of Jesus 
is beautiful. And we're going to see this beauty on display today. And so my hope is that what we see is, is that you get to see that it's beautiful. And beauty is one of these um, interesting things because in our context, uh, where we live in the upper Midwest, um, a lot of times beauty is, is not one of those things that's highly valued. Um, and often what happens is beauty is a thing that gets sacrificed in our life. And yet when we think about it, if you think about just for a second, if you were to, if you were just to take a moment and think about your, 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 your fondest memories, the best memories that you have, go back and think about some great memories that you have. What you're gonna find is that those memories are surrounded by beauty. It might be something in nature. You might have a, a, like a, a nice summer night or a, or a winter sunset or, or springtime. Maybe you have something like that, right? Like this nat- natural beauty around you. Maybe there's a relational beauty to it that you were with someone else. You were with a friend or a family member or a loved one. There's this beautiful, relational, beautiful uh, component to it. Or maybe it's a, a sensory. Maybe it's, it's something, a taste or a smell that you have. But what you're going to find is that your fondest memories are, are surrounded by and enhanced by beauty. And, and it's one of those things that is ever present, but we can't measure it mathematically, scientifically. We have a hard time to describing it to people. And so think about this. How many things have we invented as the human race to capture beauty? Um, think about art. Think about photography. Think about videography. Think about, think about journaling. Think about literature. All these different things that we do that we're trying to capture the beauty that we've witnessed. And so today, as we look at the birth of Jesus, I want you to understand that it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And so today, as we read this, my hope and prayer is that you would simply just behold the beautiful implications of the birth of Jesus, the theological and the poetic all on display, and that we would just simply bask in the beauty of what happened some 2,000 years ago. So we're going to be in the book of John today. We're going to be in chapter 1 starting in verse one. And what we're going to find is that this is, this is much more from a, a descriptive poetic uh, angle than um, a factual one like we saw with Luke last week, right? So there was a lot of facts and figures in it. Today is going to be this, this other side of it that's just really incredible. And we're going to see it at first the beauty of our God. So, so chapter one, verse one uh, through five, this is what it says. In the beginning was the word, And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And what we see is, in the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the word. The, the word for word, the word word? The word for word, uh, the Greek word, which is what John was written in, in the language uh, of Greek, the, the, the Greek word uh, for word is logos. Logos, it, it means spoken, it means decree, there's, there's an authority to it. 
Um, and back in the book of Genesis, way back in the beginning of your Bible, in Genesis 1, uh, in chapter 1, uh, we see that God would speak and things were created. You may have heard the phrase, let there be light. Well, that's, a, that's something that God said. He said, let there be light, and behold, there was light. He would speak, and out of his words and his decrees, things were created. Things were created. And throughout the beginning of creation, we see that all the time, God speaking and things happening. God speaking and things happening. The world was formed through the word. Think about this. All of human history has been, has been uh, spent discovering new facets of God's creation. It is so intricate and complex and incredible. He would create the stars and the planets and the oceans and biology and cellular activity and the human genome and chemicals. And, and what we see that and when we discover these things, because we make discoveries, um, we, we unearth things or uncover things that, that we didn't know before, it blows our mind. It's absolutely incredible. God's creation, he would speak and things would happen. And in his creation, he would make things beautiful. He would make things beautiful. He makes flowers beautiful. Things that, that last for a season, things that last for a week. I have a, a tree in my front yard that, that has blossoms every spring, and, and it lasts for about a week. And, and yet it continually does this. God created it to do that, to last for seven days out of 365. And yet it is one of the most spectacular things, the fragrance that comes off of it. God makes things beautiful. God makes things beautiful, and he does all things well. And it is through his word. And it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In the beginning, that, that there was nothing created that was not through the word. And what we see is that the word is personified here, and it's Jesus. We're going to find that out that later. Spoiler alert, it's Jesus. And the word was with God, and the word was God. And here's something I want to uh, share, because I know that there's there's thinking out there that I want to make sure that we get this right. Because there's so many people who think that Jesus, when he was born, that's when he started to exist. And that's not true. Jesus has always existed as God the Son. Okay, The Son, the second part of the triune Godhead, the, the, the second part of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Son has always existed before the creation of time. He was never created. He was the one who did the creating. Things were made through him. And so the birth of Jesus isn't Jesus's creation. It's him entering into human history. It is God coming to earth. And so, so we know right away uh, back in Genesis 1 that, that, that God said, let us make man in our image using the words us and our, meaning that there were other people present, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, having a conversation in that moment. Jesus has been existing for all of eternity. He has, a, he has an earthly ministry that lasted for a certain period of time here when he was here walking the earth, but he's always existed and it's beautiful and he does all things well. And it says that he is the light and the light is the light of men, and the darkness will not overcome it. 
And so let's talk a little bit more about light because that's where, that's where John goes next, talking about he's the word and he's the light of men. So let's talk about the beauty of light. Let's talk about the beauty of light in verses nine through 13. The true light who gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And so we see, we see Jesus uh, being described as the word and then also as the light. And light is such an important thing. And light is vitally important for beauty. Light is vitally important for beauty. Think about great photographs. Think about the use of light for videography. Think about the use of light while painting. Think about sports and think about craftsmanship and think about accent lighting on a house. Lighting makes all the difference. It highlights beauty and it, and, and it is beautiful in and of itself. And without light, we're lost. Without light, we're discouraged. Without light, we're fearful. When we talk about hard seasons of our life, how do we describe it? As something that's dark. That was a dark season of my life. That was a dark period, right? That's what we talk about when we go through difficult things. And yet we see in the middle of even darkness, Jesus is the light of men. Jesus is the light of the world. Renowned author uh, uh, and, and scholar and literary genius, uh, C.S. Lewis, who was not a Christian until later into his life, didn't give his life to Jesus until later in life, um, but he had this to say. He said, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. That the light of the world is here to not only that we see the light, but that we see everything else by the light in view of the light. And yet the light came to the world and, and not everybody in the world is excited about the light of Jesus, that some would reject him and some to this day will reject him. Because Jesus, if Jesus is who he says he is, then there's implications, right? There's submission that needs to happen. There's realizing that he's God and we are not. He said, yet, but for everyone who did receive him, who believed in his name, who would put their trust in Jesus, who would recognize Jesus for who he is, God in the flesh, the Christ, the chosen one, the savior of the world. We believe that here at Ignite. We believe that Jesus is the Christ, that he's the savior. We believe in his name, and for everyone who believes in his name, he gives us the right to become children of God. God is a beautiful God who created things beautifully. And then through, through sin of humanity brings darkness into the world. And yet Jesus still comes in even into the darkness as the light of men, as the light of all mankind as the light to us all, and that the darkness would not overcome us, and that we would be born. Uh, this is where you get the term born again. 
Um, this is, you know, maybe you've heard that term or people use that before. Um, this is where we see that like when we become children of God, we become something new. When we put our trust in Jesus, we become new creations. We have a new life. We have uh, a new beginning. We have a new Lord. We have a new way of living and we have a new way of making sense of the world. It's this beautiful new world that opens up for us because Jesus came into the world for us. And we get to see something truly, truly remarkable. Is when he came into the world, he recommunicated to us the beauty of relationship. The beauty of relationship. Verses, verse 14 and then verse 17 of chapter one says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. This is where we see that Jesus Christ is the word and the word became flesh. The word became flesh, this eternal God, the second person of the Trinity, God became flesh. He, he came and he dwelt among us. He moved into our neighborhood. God would come dwell amongst us. He would, he would take on the form. He would, he would become the God-man, fully God and fully man. He would come and become, and he would, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He would leave his throne and heaven and move in with us. You see, God is not cold and distant. God is not aloof or stoic. God has always existed relationally in the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but he also interacts with us relationally as we are his created beings. And he says, I want you to call me Father. He wants us to interact with him on the closest of relationships, that of a family. That's how God views us. He wants to adopt us. He wants to bring us into his family. And Jesus came in the squalor and in the pain and in the brokenness to redeem us. He would live this life perfectly. He would die the death on the cross that you and I deserve in our place. And he would rise from the dead to show that he had conquered Satan's sin, death. And he would give new life and the right to be called children of God by all who would trust in his name. It says, and we have seen his glory. John was an eyewitness to the truth. And he said, Jesus is full of grace and truth. He is full of grace and truth. He is the full embodiment of grace and truth. He's not 50% grace, 50% truth, sometimes 70, 30, sometimes 60, 40, sometimes on a good day, 40, 60, right? 100% grace, 100% truth. Jesus is the full embodiment of what it means to be gracious. And Jesus is the full embodiment of what it means to be truth. He is truth. He is grace. Those things do meet in Jesus. Grace is that 
favor that we get that we don't deserve. We're just, somebody's gracious to us. They give us favor and truth. It is what is real. Truth is what is real, what is actual. Jesus actually lived. Jesus actually died. Jesus actually rose again. Jesus really is God in the flesh. And the way that he interacts with us is a ways that are both 100% truthful and 100% gracious. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that we worship Jesus. I'm so grateful I've trusted in his name and that the word became flesh because the birth of Jesus is beautiful. It shows the full beauty of God on display. It shows how he is this beautiful creator God who does all things well. It shows us that he is uh, the light of the world, bringing hope and healing and restoration and sight. And that he interacts with us in relationship, the beauty of connection. Think about this. This is something that we all long for. Whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, this is what we all long for. We long for worship and transcendent joy. All of us want that, that transcendent joy that, that we can be joyful in spite of our conditions. We long for that and we long to worship. We long for goodness. And we long for connection. Transcendent joy, a deeper meaning, a purpose, goodness, connection. We all want that. And I'm here to tell you that all of those things are met by putting your faith in Jesus. And so as we wrap up our series on the mosaic of Christmas, as we've seen these four different accounts from different angles, from, from different approaches, we get to see this beautiful picture on display. Number one, God is a God who keeps his promises. God is a God who keeps his promises. Number two, that Jesus is God and he is strong and he is sure and he is a good leader and he has an authority and he uses that authority to bless us. He uses his power and his authority to bless us because he's the people's king. He's the one that came for us. Even the, the littlest of people in the, in the most fringe of places, Jesus comes for us and ignores no one in the process. And that Jesus is beautiful and he's relational. He wants to connect with you and talk with you and lead you and teach you and bless you as he has for millions upon millions of people. This Christmas, this Christmas week, I hope, I hope that you behold the beauty that is Jesus. So I want you to think, every time you see something good this week, every time you see something good happen this week, let it remind you that God is good and God is the giver of good gifts. So everything that you see this week that's good, remember, God is good. And God is with us and God walks with us and he works for our good. I want you to remember every Christmas light that you see this week, every light 
that you see this week, I want you to remember that Jesus is the light of the world. He came into a dark place and he shines in, in brilliance on the backdrop of a broken world. Every light that you see, I want you to remember that Jesus is the light. And every relationship that you have, every connection that you make this week with friends and family, coworkers and loved ones, every, every connection that you make, I want you to remember that Jesus is relational. And Jesus desires a relationship with you and he invites you in to that today. And he wants you to be a part of his family. So believe in his name, that Jesus is God in the flesh, that he came to save us and that he gives us a hope and a future by trusting in him. Merry Christmas. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this moment. And I thank you, God, that there are people who are watching this video who are going to put their trust in Jesus today. I thank you, Lord, that, that, that it's just as simple as them saying, Lord, I trust you. Please walk with me and adopt me. I recognize that I've sinned against you and I'm asking for your forgiveness. And what they're gonna find, like all of us have already, is that Jesus is both very truthful and very gracious. So you don't shy away from our hard things, Lord, but you also deal with us in a very kind way. So Lord, I pray that everyone who watches this video would put their trust in you. And that all of us, God, this week would remember the beautiful things that are on display. And that's meant to draw our attention upward towards the supreme creator of all beauty who is beauty, beautiful himself. The God of the universe found in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Spirit. Amen.